Reed, something that I struggle with on a first date is like, what do I wear? Because you don't want to wear, you don't want to go too far. You know, you don't want to be like, you know, like, like, cause I know that we have eccentric tastes here and you don't want to go all the way. And then you don't want to underdress so you don't care. There's kind of that sweet spot. How do you negotiate that? This is actually a good question. I, I don't know. I haven't like figured out the proper, the proper way to negotiate. I don't think like recently I was like, I was going to the park and I was like, a hoodie sounds right. And then halfway there, I was like, I should have done more than a hoodie. There's no reason to flex on a first date. That's like a genuinely mm-hmm. crazy thing to do. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to go all of you. That's for the bar. You let the people decide. Like that's a, <laughs> that's a meritocracy at that point. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. did you get one off or not? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you don't want to show up in like something that someone might catch you at the bodega in either. Yeah. Or like whatever one step above that is. You're not wearing your chilbies on first dates, Reed? To be honest, I the footwear thing could go anywhere. Like I've done just like shit, like totally cooked Burks before to mixed results. Um <laughs> some 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 say okay, some say Well it's no. a litmus it's a litmus test, right? Like whatever you wear ends up being like another way to gauge what kind of person you're dealing with, right? Yeah, I guess that is a but at the same time, like you don't, I feel like there's like no reason to drop a gauntlet early, <laughs> you know, like maybe like I have no idea what your, what your profiles look like, Albert. Like maybe if you've got some of the, like the, like the, uh, like the Rosh Hashanah cowboy shit going on in there, mm. then like, uh, you could probably get away with that is what I would say. Like, I would say mm-hmm. don't go harder than your profile is like, maybe is maybe like a good rule of thumb. But at the same time, if you have like, maybe if you've got like a head to toe thing going on in the, in a profile, like maybe don't replicate that. Like, well, that is good. That is good advice. Certainly. Well, I'm currently raw dogging life with no dating app profiles. I went, I got clean again. So I'm just, uh, spiraling through the void here. No, I think that's the opposite of that. I think you're out of the void. Yeah, were you? Was it a Raya or nothing situation for you, or how? What? what uh... <laughs> I were in front of the paywall. <laughs> keep it to clothes. Hey, you started this. You brought this up. You brought this upon yourself, Albert. All right. Well, I I thought so our 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 listeners could could use our sage advice. You know, there's there is one surefire outfit that will. That will make you appear just the, the way that you want to every single time. Uh, and it's exactly what David has in his closet. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a Teamster tee and some, uh, Stan Ray painters pants, some Solivares, and, uh, you gotta have a union suit going on underneath. And, you know, that's the, <laughs> that's the one that works. It works every time. There hasn't been a single piece of, like, I would say, like, objectionable advice yet but i i would not do a union suit if you think that like like that just seems <laughs> I, I have no idea like i don't even know where to go from there but well, you know, you're, you're getting undressed on the first date you're like hell yeah yeah i wore my matching union suit <laughs> she's <laughs> like she's like did i take home yosemite fucking sam <laughs> um, well maybe maybe your union suit's kind of like a chastity belt to like keep you under control you know nothing on no no funny one, business on the first date one that, the opposite of that one that people can't hack <laughs> Just lock you in. So many buttons. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got that flap in the back too for other yeah. stuff. 
It's the perfect uh, romantic utility garment. <laughs> I'm just, I guess I'm happy I'm not in the Denver scene. All right, welcome back to Blowout, joined, as always, by Reed Nelson. How's it going, Reed? It's going well. Not wearing a union suit. And Albert, how about about yourself? Are you you wearing one? Well, it's going badly because I'm not wearing a union suit. Exactly. That's the attitude to have. That's, That's what you want to bring to life. You know, you may not be wearing a union suit. That like you know our uh, levels of casualness in uh, like everything is sort of like dumbed down a little bit. I feel like the the like pandemic cranked the casual meter like pretty hard to the left. But uh, I don't know if you've seen that something that has graced the halls of power. The clerk will report the nomination. Nomination: The Judiciary Sarala Nagala of Connecticut, the United States District Judge for the District of Connecticut. Madam President. Majority Leader. I don't know if you all heard that, but that was the sound of Denham presiding over the U.S. Senate. I believe in a historic first that we have had Denham in the Senate chamber being worn as a really gross, uh, like, washed-out Denham vest worn by uh, a senator from Arizona, Kirsten Cinema. that... Uh, and it looks like a black teamster tee, but, you know, probably with her views on labor, she's not wearing something this union made. But I uh, just found this, this to be somewhat interesting of terrible politics and terrible vest aside of, like, that we can see Denim presiding over the Senate in which, like, probably, like, a, a final holdout that you would think would never go, you know, business casual. Or, you know, it would still have, like, country club dress code requirements for the foreseeable future. But, uh, yeah, what do we think that this means for dress codes, expectations, and formal settings? Is this the, the first time denim has been worn on the Senate floor? No, it is weird seeing, like, a uh, like a Gap brand motorcycle cut on the floor of, like, the, or in the halls of Congress. Like, I will see, say, like, not in an insurrection capacity. I, I, that's what I was thinking, is it does have insurrection energy, this, uh, this vest. Yeah, big January yeah. 6 energy. I hadn't thought of that, but you're very right. That probably was the last time denim was worn on the same floor. <laughs> Had to have been. I mean, like it just it it looks straight. Like it looks like it genuinely looks like a gap window. Um, like on Market Street in San Francisco, trying to be like a little bit edgy for the people who took the trolley cars up Powell. Hmm. Yeah, it's not a good look. Not not a good look at all, but I'm just saying, is this like the the opening of the floodgates where, like, John Thune is going to show up in a pair of sweatpants? And I I don't know if we're ready for that. Like, as much as we are the denim people, seeing it, as as you said, was was discomforting. It it felt uh, incorrect to see that. Semi-serious question. If Diane Feinstein showed up in, like, a full windsuit matching, would we be like... That like she's lost it officially, or that is just like that. Maybe she actually regained it because that is like very much what she should be rocking at all. I times want to see uh, go into self edge in San Francisco and get like a full set of Ironheart and show up there just like not being able to move. You know, let's get more hype, hypey, uh, hypey fits. You know, in the halls of power. 
who would be the senator that would go like head to toe be like no I'm allowed to wear this this is expensive denim like do a t- do a top bottom kit from like self edge or something like what what senator could could we see doing that and why is it Ron Johnson Yeah Ron Johnson's a good pick I would go with Ted Cruz cuz he would do that like you remember that dumb tweet from a while ago of the guy that was like these are Balmain these that's like the best brand of pants as everyone was like ripping on his Balmain pants let me choose my words carefully here. But yeah, I don't think like any of this is not a place to be like uh doing excessive fashion. It's a thing where it's just like, okay, wear your boring clothes. This is fine. This is what you're supposed to be. Like we're not here to judge you on your looks, but like I don't it feels like the Congress is being staffed by like second tier like influencers or like it's a way to if you aren't good at taking pictures of yourself, like the the next best way to get a following is to run for Congress. What? I mean, we we're like three weeks away from Lauren Boebert showing up in like a live laugh shoot shirt, like just a yeah, tee, I mean, you know, done in th- some like gold script. The feeling of it, the people like her from great state of Colorado feel more like influencers in rather than policymakers. Oh, and like that's just sort of the platform of it. I don't know if we're necessarily the the podcast to be discussing this, but. Yeah, we're Kirsten not. Cinema's opened up all of this Pandora's box for us by wearing a a denim vest. I just kind of want to like just assign a pair of jeans or a pair of a pair of non appropriate pants to every single member of the Senate at this point. Maybe not on this podcast, but just like just on my own time. On your on your other podcast, like like John Ossoff is definitely wearing who we'll get into later, but like he has like a deep inventory of Eunice Geos. Like he has hmm. so many, just like he knew this day was coming, you know, and was, and he, he just heard had, about them at Sid Mashburn. Well, yeah, no, I mean, and he's, he needs that 35 inch inseam off the rack. Cause sometimes he likes to bring them up, but then other times he likes to like just a little stack, not much, just a little. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just like, I, I like to think about that. Like Sherrod Brown is wearing, like, I like to think he's wearing some more slow one Oh fives in a dad wash, but he's not, he's wearing just like some Levi's that like, you're like, Oh, are those good? They're not. But he has the, he has like nine nineties made in the USA, but again, not because he knows what he's doing. They're V threes too, for sure, because they're older. Wow, this is really making me feel like I need to read the news and know anybody's name because uh, I am out of my depth here. It's extreme niche content, and I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I could do it all. Like it's like it, it's incorporating my two my two lives right now. So it's just this is this is where they collide. It's like this specific moment. I was built for this. Well, if you're a listener, not part of this circle jerk, don't worry. I'm also a little uh, <laughs> confused. <laughs> None of this is gonna make it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This could all make it. Just talked about John Ossoff being obsessed with Eunice. Yeah, I I can see that. That's a very good peg. He one thousand percent has like yeah. He has the full kit, the common projects, the T. He might have gotten a pair of Fords at some point. Well, for more uh, political fashion takes. <laughs> yeah, is this something uh, I'm gonna have to do now? You don't have to for the four four people out there who might be interested. Yeah, no, I think it's it's just like you and half of me. <laughs> <laughs> if my math's correct, that's still four, right? Yeah. Uh, Moving on to, um, no, not sunnier times, but uh, worst times of uh, Eunice. You you bring up the Geo, the the iconic Eunice pant from uh, Eunice, U-N-I-S, run by Eunice, E-U-N-I-C-E, Lee, 
Um, Eunice is closing. They just sort of announced out of nowhere this week that the brand is done after 21 years in business. That was the, like, you know, how would you categorize them? Like, high quality basics, they're sort of like a, I don't know, American answer to APC type thing, like focusing on chinos and... They're basically known for making, like, the first skinny, like, chino that was made in USA that was high quality in, like, the late 2000s. Yeah, they tried to make chinos, and did, in a way, like, made chinos cool again, right? Like, they were, they mm-hmm. were like, an editorial darling for, for that whole run. Um, we couldn't keep them on the shelves that Union made for, like, a year and a half. And then all of a sudden, like, when things got a little bit wider, they sat there for a little longer. But, um, no, they were, like, really well-made... They moved production to Portugal, I think, at some point, like probably like around like yeah, twenty sixteen, like seventeen. Yeah, they were one of those like made in USA darlings that came up. Like they've been around since the year two thousand, but they like got popular in like oh eight to like twenty twelve ish was when they really popped. I remember when I was first getting into this stuff and like on fashion forums, like around twenty ten. That was sort of like the the top tier chino that you could lust after. Yeah, it was almost like, and if you'd ever been in one of the stores, like either in New York or LA, like it was like Kinfolk, the magazine, not the store, became mm-hmm. a store. It was like everything was super minimal. They just did like three or four cuts of that Chino, but in a bunch of colors that were all like pretty muted, always earth toned. Um, mm-hmm. They carried Common Projects, like the whole Common Projects run, I feel like. Like they were part of the rise of Common Projects as well. Yeah, it feels like what Common Projects is to, like, the plain, like, white leather tennis shoe Eunice was to Chino Pants. I So, I feel like there's a pretty strong through line with, like, or, I, I don't know this for sure, because I was not really up on, uh, on, what was that, what, what did we talk about last time? On, uh, what's the brand that also closed last week? We Entire about? World? The, I feel like there's the entire world and the and brand, band of outsiders. Band of outsiders. I was not really aware of any of these brands when they were like happening, hip, happening, cool. But I feel like there's a through line, at least in the way I perceive them, and it feels like they're all kind of like, like a. They feel to me like the IKEA of like clothes, you know? Like they just feel like, I don't know, like really like. I mean, I know that they had a moment where like, and like IKEA, you know, there's a point to them, but. Uh, it just feels like they were catering to this like very specific niche and and then like they had a vision of menswear that was very like i don't know that didn't have a lot of flexibility and then as things have changed they kind of lost their stranglehold on the people so i think there's like there's definitely something it's like definitely i agree with a lot of that like there was like something very like like I, you know, to go back to that, like Scandinavian minimalist about it. That's why I was like, maybe APC, but like I don't quite know the like the right one to one in that regard. But yeah, mm-hmm. like in that regard, in like in that sense, I feel like both of those, like, but with the color palettes they use and like the the offerings they like sort of had or they dialed in, and yeah, like menswear definitely did go in a more creative place which is funny because i feel like a lot of that stuff was like well entire world came along too late but like Eunice in particular and common projects i'm sure they're doing fine but um that was like creative director uniform for mm-hmm. a long time it was like oh yeah like you have like a pair of skinny chinos like some some dark color but color like dark green dark blue dark maroon shirt and a pair of common projects 
Mm-hmm. And it was like that and was like, like a black overcoat and a this black guy's a genius. And a white cup. You're like a, a, <laughs> yeah, like a black and a and and that that's what you did. Yeah, like you could like spot him on the train, right? Like it was just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that dude's like, you know, trying to like in the creative department trying to sort of like it's like that was the that was the look, and I feel like things definitely got maybe like rules bent or whatever. Like maybe people got more creative or more into it, but like I feel like it, that was like a dress by numbers era. In a yeah, lot of ways, you can see their their copy of Monocle just like barely peeking out of their maker bag on the train. Yeah, they try to casually drop a portmanteau in conversations. You know, <laughs> just like see if I can organically work that one in. Yeah, that was like this. That was that era, which that was the thing back then. Is like you, you talk about the the store. The store was like incredible. It was like maybe it was smaller than my apartment. But I remember when I was in college in like 2010 or 2011, like going to that store for the first time and like trying on the pants that I had read about and like never encountered and being like, ooh, these are nice. These are pants that will solve all of my problems, but they cost like $250. Um, so I didn't buy them, but I remember just like you know, getting deeper into the experience by like having them and touching them and feeling them and trying them on and being like, yes, this is the thing. Yeah, I mean, and for me in particular, like, I have a short inseam, like, they come at a 35, and they they would, like, they do a knee measurement, which is, like, supposed to stand in for, because it's like, yeah, you'll probably have to bring these up, but I would have to bring them up so dramatically that I was always like, eh, these are probably not for me. Um, But yeah, they definitely did represent, like, that rock-solid, like, chino to go along with the rock-solid pair of jeans that you felt like you were going to overpay for the first time you bought them and then owned them and was like, I now pay $200 for chinos, you know, yeah. like, like kind of like the way, like, and in that way, I guess, yeah, it did sort of like what the new standard, like, or the standard petite did for, for jeans in that way. Right. Where people were like one ninety eight is what jeans cost. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I forget what the, the retail price was on the geo, but it was one ninety eight. Yeah. It was like one ninety eight or like 25 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they were pri- uh, they were pricey, but like they had that whole cross tab like closure thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they felt solid, and that that the twill they used was heavy. Like you had to break them in a little bit. Yeah, um, uh, it, it's funny thinking about them now because like when I heard that they closed, that's the first that they'd crossed my mind in like two years, probably. Um, and as you mentioned, like they they went to Portugal, like a lot of the first class of like made in USA people that came up in the late two thousands. And I've heard that the quality got worse and like they started becoming a bit cheaper and you know, they just got like, there wasn't really an identity for them to have anymore at that point because there were so many other like copycats for lack of a better term that were also making probably in the same factories in Portugal using the same mm-hmm. materials and they cost like half as much. Yeah, I think that's the problem here is that we had so many of these staples are all things that we've seen subsequently reproduced and reproduced and reproduced by the fast fashion giants, you know, like the slim chino, the white low key sneaker, like that is the fodder of like the H&Ms and Zara's and yeah, maybe it just got too easy to find that thing for like dirt cheap somewhere else. And also, Eunice was so defined by that pant, by, like, you know, when styles change and pants get bigger again, they just, they couldn't, maybe they could have come out with one of, like, the Geo XL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 
They did one called, I think, the Davis, which was like a double pleat with a pretty hard taper. But that had like a wider top block. And then they did one called the Ford that like was supposed to be a straight leg, but like it was also pretty slim for those. Mm. Like, I mean, I think you probably probably still do both of those. The thing that was like sort of fascinating is Save Khaki, which was like came around after them, but sort of was doing a similar thing, but like definitely more of an American like bent, like emphasized that more. And I feel like tailored like or catered to it more like with, like doing sweatpants and, you know, like a lot of like elastic waist, like woven trousers and shit like that. But like, they also would vary up the fabrics in a way that I think would like make things a little bit easier. Like if you're going to do like a seasonal approach, which I think that was always like something interesting, like maybe they did do the geo and other things, but like the thing that was always sort of fascinating to me about them was like the rigidity of the brand where it was just like, we do these four pants in these six colors in this weight of twill. What is your read on common projects, each of you? I'd rather have a pair of Stan Smiths. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a lot of white sneakers and none of them are common projects. I guess I can, like, like I feel like that sort of sums it up. Like, they all do something different for me, in a way, and none of them... Like, I've never been, like, I need a pair of common projects in my closet to, like, have that function <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I guess... I won't hate on like I won't like disregard them offhand because it's like a I think their dress shoes are actually like pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of like that branding on a dress shoe. I think it's like what it, those numbers, the gold I numbers. It, I just think it looks kind of sick because you never see a brush or a dress shoe that's like done like with like a like a legit welt with also some like very identifiable like not out of place branding on it. You know, like it's like it's not mm-hmm. like you're gonna see like a fucking swoosh, and I don't want to see a swoosh, but it doesn't look terrible on the pair of like Cordovan Derbies for some reason, um, to me at least. And then, but like, and I guess like if you do the GQ like 2016 suit and sneakers, like it does the silhouette cuts with that, like fine mm-hmm. if that's like what you're trying to pull off. But I feel like at this point, like. Footwear companies have invested so much in actually making cooler dress shoes at this point. And, like, you know, we've spoken about, like, you talked about your Black Sock and Webers earlier, but it's, like, you can get awesome loafers. You can get awesome white loafers if you want. Like, if that's, like, what you're, like, the profile you're looking for at this point, you don't have to sort of, like, go with, like, just a pair of Cole Hans, who also are doing better and stuff these days, or, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, like, it, they feel a little bit like a relic, but at the same mm-hmm. time, they're a white court shoe, so it's like they're they'll never not they'll never not work. Like if you have your common projects, you love your common projects. Where the hell out of your common projects? Um, keep them nice, keep them clean. You spend a lot of money on them. It's just yeah, I don't like four hundred dollars still, right? I haven't looked at the yeah, price of them in a long time. It depends on you know where you buy them, but yeah, they're right around four every time. It looked like on the Eunice sale they were going for five. It depends on the model. Like they're like we used to stock them. So like that B ball, yeah. like the basketball high. The higher top ones are more, but like the Achilles low has always been around four hundred dollars. Yeah, it's like right around there, and yeah, I like I don't know. I think you can get more shoe for way less. So like that's why I don't do it. And if you want that like exact silhouette, you can also find them. Like like Greats does a really good Achilles low, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just have a negative association with them. I just feel like, or with the, with at least the, the, the Achilles and, and the people who wear them. And I, I remember I, I went out with this one girl once who was like, 
any guy who wears common projects is automatically like that much hotter. I'm like, really? You know, it's like there it's like it's like a status symbol to some people that I just don't think resonates with me. Going home with the gold paint pen and my rod lavers. <laughs> it's like I mean, I think it's like a pretty, like, it's like an identity, like, it is a status symbol for sure, right? Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. if you're, like, that's dress shoe prices. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if you're willing to spend that, I mean, you could probably find some Aldens if you look hard enough for $400. A sneaker you can't resole. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, I guess, like, that could be, if that's, like, something that they're looking, like, you know, someone's looking for, like, in the same sense, it's like, Golden Goose is, like, a dirty-ass, expensive shoe. You know, it's like... Like you can get them on sale, but I have no idea who is. And yeah, I feel like that isn't the point of Golden Goose. You don't want to get Golden Goose on sale. You want to pay for the price. But it's like, I guess it's like the same thing as wearing, like not the same thing. I think it's like probably like a low key version in that sense. Like if you're going to be doing that, like if you want to go to like the East Village and like rock a pair of common projects, like it'd probably be like the same thing as like rocking like designer merch. You know, like I'm cool to pay $250 for a t-shirt. What up? Um, like come hit me up for drinks all night. I guess like I don't know. I mean, but I don't think Common Projects have that. I think it's way more low key than that. But yeah, if you're looking out for it, probably. Mm. Back on Eunice, like one of the things I found interesting is I read a couple interviews of hers, like when uh, this news dropped, and apparently, like when they opened the shop in Soho, uh, like in 2000, rent was like twenty five hundred dollars a month for that location. And now it's apparently like around fifteen thousand. So, oh my god, it's just impossible to open if you like if you're a new brand or like a new retail store that you don't have like VC funding or you aren't part of um, some major like international conglomerate that's just going to like take this as a loss leader. It's it's just impossible. Like, how many pairs of pants do you have to sell a day to like pay fifteen thousand dollars in rent and have someone sit at the desk? Well, I mean, that's like, you know, not to get into like neighborhood ish, like that's like what's going on though in, in lower Manhattan with like both Soho and, and the village and like, like on Bleecker and stuff, like the rents are just, they're so prohibitive that if someone's there, it's like basically serving as a billboard because there's no way you can actually make your money back on it, which means that it's only giant brands that can afford to move in there, which means that it's like, I mean, it's, it sucks. Cause like, yeah, I mean, that's that's what you're dealing with, which is why you're seeing cooler shit only pop up on like the outskirts right now. But I mean, there's no way she could have ever made that money back selling chinos. That's, that's preposterous. Which is, you know, like Eunice, she moved to uh, San Francisco a few years ago to take a job at the North face, but still like runs Eunice, the brand on the side. But I imagine it was something like this of like the, the lease came due and it was just like, eh, not worth it anymore. It's just not happening. Yeah. But like that's sort of the, the the contradiction here of like where could you put that store to like have enough people that would buy like those pants at that price um anywhere else in the country. It's like you you couldn't have like Eunice anywhere in Denver I could think. Maybe in LA like rent would be more reasonable. Well she's but, got she's got the one on La Brea or had the one on La Brea. I don't think that was there mm-hmm. anymore. That was the I mean, it probably closed, closed a, couple, a while ago. Couple, yeah, a few years back. But there was the one that was it was sandwiched somewhere between like Union and American Rag. Hmm. Yeah, that's that wasn't there the whole time I worked at Self Edge. Um. So, 
It just feels like, yeah, brick and mortar really isn't viable as a small brand because you have to be in a place like that and the rent yeah. is too expensive to justify it um, mm-hmm. unless you have a shitload of money already. I think it's, I mean, I think it's viable. Like the ones that are making it a lot of times will have money coming from somewhere, like, right? Like 18 East is owned by Roller Rabbit. Um, they're like gets money from Roller Rabbit in some capacity, but they're also on the outskirts of Soho. Like they're like almost in Chinatown. And, um, like, yeah, I think the margin, I think it's possible, but I think the margin for error is like crazy slim at this point. Like, I think if you pick the wrong street or like block, right. And have a couple bad months. Now you're hosed. Like, I think, like, I think there probably is a way to do it. And a couple of brands have popped up, you know, like with small, theoretically like small in those areas and have popped like crazy. I mean, like ALD being the fucking poster child like showing up on Mulberry street with his first store. And granted they had some cash from somewhere, but um, you know, I mean, that's a risk, but they put like, it ended up working out really well in, in their favor in that regard. But I think that it's like, yeah, I think it's growing increasingly difficult to, to set yourself up that way. Like to be an actual small brand, to not be like a fake, like a fake small brand that opened your first store in like North Williamsburg with rents that are, almost comparable to that being like, look at us. We're a scrappy upstart that pays $10,000 a month for this location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And paid it six months in advance. Yeah, exactly. That, that just doesn't exist anymore. You can't like be that cool unknown thing without having a dark source of money. Or just a source. doesn't need to be dark. Yeah. So, uh, cuffs up for Eunice. Um, <laughs> we hardly knew ye. Uh, they're clearing out all their inventory right now. You can go to shop.unisnewyork, spelled out U-N-I-S, like newyork.com. If you ever want to see what the Geopant was all about, this is this is your time. All right, uh, I'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with some uh, product discussion. We live in a fast-paced world. Sometimes, you just need to slow down and stop. Heddles Plus, the new membership program of exclusive content, giveaways, discounts, and a community chat forum. Try a month free with the code EXTRABLOWOUT. Welcome back. We got some treats here. First one sent to us from James, but it would not have escaped my watchful eye. Um, We got the Real McCoys MC18122 Waffle Thermal Long John Underwear Black. And... Boy, the, the they know how to take a picture of them at Lost and Found. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've thought of things like I, I feel like this is a thing that you see when you have like sleep paralysis and you like <laughs> it's like lurking over you. I think I might have used this like term before, but like that's definitely what I'm seeing here. It's like an evil uh, Dr. Zeus character. It looks like someone started drawing an A and forgot the middle bar. It could be what you see in the afterlife as well, you know, when you ascend to the place beyond ours. Yeah, or I'm just seeing that, like, front flap is, like, speaking to me. Like, in a animatronic, like, uh, labyrinth, like, evil Jim Henson kind of way. Do they offer this in a full... Like, can you get it as just a one-piece for you, David? Do they offer like the top stitched onto the bottom? Uh, I might have to talk to Hitoshi about that. 
They can call it the David pant or the David the suit. David, the David suit. You know, it feels very appropriate for Dune. I saw that this week. It looks like, you know, a, what you'd be wearing under a, a still suit. Don't but, you spoil that for me. I want to see it in theaters. Yeah, go, go see it in IMAX. It's worth it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just these. I, I, I feel bad, you know, talking about it without people being able to see it. But there they are. They're $117 long, Johns. Like, that's what folks need to know most about this product that we're discussing. We're discussing real McCoy. If they didn't have the flap, they'd be like a cool 102. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know that this is like maybe the thing that you've wanted most that we've gone over, though. I appreciate the real McCoys for going so deep on obscure militaria, like, uniforms that they even make shit like this like i love yeah i do appreciate that there's a reference point that like can you imagine someone being like if like you're like oh dope long johns and someone's like these aren't just long johns let me tell you the story let me tell you the story behind these particular long underwear Mm -hmm. modeled after and it's like okay like I, i guess i respect that i've never thought about my underwear that much do you, yeah, would you like, wear these with underwear underneath them? How do you go yeah, about? If long? I wanted to resell them, <laughs> but uh, I no, always like that's the thing I'm imagining of like you're out and someone goes like they they catch a little bit of like your shirt riding up and they go hey cool pair bro and I was like oh thanks and you just take like off your belt and you drop your pants and show them. Just immediately, no other words, right? Like, you just say, oh, thanks, and go trousers to ankles, right? In public? Yeah. Do you go, that, do you go both hands on top of your heads after the descent is complete? The, the, the butters just, at the urinal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, that, that's the thing about this piece, is it's purely for you. Mm, the purest fashion purchase. In so no sense. underwear. <laughs> You must no, be warm with underwear. your long underwear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I always like struggle with that because I would like when I was a kid and I or, like I lived in Utah in high school. I would always put underwear on under my long underwear. Okay, and you were giving me shit for wearing compression shorts like under my running shorts. I don't think we were. I think, I think you were. I think it was with the bag in, like the 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 underwear that was sewn. Like we, it was just oh, like that's because it is the but yeah. Like it's just like yeah. you cut those. It just it's. It's uncomfortable, but like this one specifically, like I just didn't, I never knew what to do. That's my dog in the background. Yeah. You, you, this, this is underwear. It's underwear that's just been extended to your ankles. Yeah. But it feels like like when I had smart wool, I was like, that might not feel great for eight oh, yeah. hours. Eh. You get used to it. <laughs> is that something you want to get used to? Better than not getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> We got a Raleigh Denim Workshop has released the Jones OGMP, which is, you know, their standard Jones jean, but it's done in the proximity manufacturing company Denim that was woven on an old Draper X3 uh, shuttle loom from White Oak, like, and it's still in Greensboro. So this is a project that's been in the works for a few years here. And like, Reed, you were on for that interview we did with Ralph Tharp who was instrumental in like getting these machines up and running again. And now you can buy jeans made out of them and they cost $750. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. It costs $750. But 
they're very cool. I mean, it's a thing of like, hopefully this number will come down as their production goes up. But like, if you want made in Greensboro salvage denim or made entirely in the state of North Carolina pair of pants, like this is, this is the only game in town. Yeah. I mean, I wish they did them in, uh, the Alexander, I guess the Jones is always just like super slim, but they look very nice. They were photographed really well too. Mm -hmm. Like shout out to the laydowns on these. Yeah, that they, they they look, you know, like they're occupied a little bit, that there's some dimension to them. Maybe they got a pair of Real McCoy's MC11, like uh, 118 uh, Long Johns living inside of them. Who knows? But yeah, very happy to see that this, this project finally come to fruition. And uh, shout out to, uh, to Ralph and um, yeah, Victor and Evan and all those people that, that saw this project through. You can find those at Raleigh Denim Workshop. And uh, finally here we got one that I'm kind of bummed that I missed out on, although I wouldn't have bought it anyways because I already got that one capital like pullover with the quarter zip. This is the capital number K2109LP102 cow fleece pullover, cow fleece pullover, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's It's like cow print as an animal print, I feel like is vastly underrepresented compared to like leopard and cheetah. Um, and yeah, this is, this is, it's a cow pullover. It's got cow with black and white cow spots on it. You look like you're a tub of Ben and Jerry's. It looks great. I would, I would, I would not buy it, but I would love to look at it. Oh, that's good. Cause it's sold out. I'm going to uh, zag. Uh Oh, Oh, <laughs> this is like, this should be right in my wheelhouse. Like I'm looking at a ridiculous Sandy Liang fleece right now in my room. Um, with other animal prints on it. For some reason, it's just too much cow, man. Like it just like it, it for me, just like for me, at least on this one. And like, I love a capital all over pre- fleece print. Like I've always wanted one of the ones with like the wave spiral things on like that is super sick. Um, I really like their fleeces, but this one um, is a lot. Just it's a lot to take in. I, I knew like it's, it's sold out, so clearly not for every like, or it is for it's it is for a lot of people. But the cow print is a little small. I yeah, would like say that. it, like it almost looks like you're like sporty Cruella Deville. Like Ooh. that's you know, Who doesn't like, want to be that. Like you're oh, Cruella, like you're Cruella Deville, but coming off the slopes. Wow, après ski. Yeah, <laughs> après Cruella. You know, <laughs> like it's just like you probably have like a. Like a like a very expensive one piece that you've got yeah. tied around your waist. Now that you mention it, it does sort of seem like the the third band between cow and Dalmatian. Yeah, I don't know. I love capital shit. That's that is no lie. Um or no no secret I mean. But um this is one of those ones that I probably would have seen in the store but like heard about and been like, that's gonna be for me and then seen in person and been like, maybe not for me. I've never owned a fleece like that, and I probably don't need one if I continue to live in Los Angeles. But um, they always look cool. I mean, I respect the I respect people who wear them. Patagonium they made a they made a real silhouette there that's going to be copied by Japanese brands for many years to come. Snap tea, snap tea. That's Cinchilla. All right, y'all got anything? Albert, what about that scene report? 
Yeah. Um, okay. So for those of you who uh, were were not listening to last week's episode, which was behind the paywall, and you should listen to the behind the paywall episodes because they're arguably our best. Go um, to heddles.plus. You can get a free month with the code extra blowout. And some other good deals um, on our Heddles shop. Many, many good deals. Um, but uh, I was invited by this guy who is a DJ on TikTok. He invited me to this event and it was like, it was on a Wednesday night. So I almost didn't go because that's not really my thing, but it was so much fun. It was great. It was just, uh, I don't know. I hadn't been to like a party like that in a long time. I don't think I'd ever been invited to anything like that before. You know, like I was on the list, but the whole line was people. It was like only people on the list. You know, there's so many people on the list. There was a line. Um, and uh, it was just great, you know. the 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 vain person in me enjoyed it because there were a lot of my constituents there, a lot of people saying hello, you know. And uh, apparently, a lot of David come Do- to to kiss the ring. Yeah, yeah. And I just needed a, you know, right on a Wednesday night's perfect pick me up, you know, to get you through. Yeah. Any notable sightings? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, this may not resonate for you guys, but I saw Nick Vile, who's definitely uh, big in the Bachelor. I recapped Nation. his season. Oh yeah. 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 He, uh, he was there. Um, I should have talked to him cause you know, he's a, he's a legend, but did he end I, up with Vanessa? Is yeah. I mean, that, person? That, yeah. That didn't stick though. He's got some, he's like, he's older and he's got a very, he's like a 22 year old girlfriend who, uh, was there and he seemed kind of not so into it. Um, I saw like people that I recognized from TikTok but couldn't name, uh, this woman from the Nike training app, Kirsty Godso, was there. You know, all the stars were out. What letter is that? Like wrist wise? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. H. Better than where I'm at. Was the the pug that has bones or doesn't have bones? Was was that dog? Oh there? yeah, was he there? <laughs> yeah, but he went home early. You know, it's, he's old. Uh, he, he, didn't no have, bones he didn't have bones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god, I wish there were celebrity pets at this event. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I I but also I feel like like it was there were a lot of people that seemed like they might be famous or rich, but I didn't necessarily know what for. Um so uh yeah, you know. That's when you splurge for like the uh the nice Uber, so you pull up in like the Tesla or whatever, so everyone just assumes cuz everyone else there is probably also assuming, you know, and now, just like trying to figure it out. Well, we, we, we pull, we, we drove over my friends, like beat up old Honda. We just parked a few blocks away. I walked over. Walked in. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What did you wear? Um, I wore, what did I wear? I wore, um, my, uh, I have like a stylized, uh, like the Toyo brand stylized. You know that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I have like a long sleeve, like black rayon shirt from them with like the spread collar and like a square hem. And I wore that over uh, a white tank and just wore some of my like 90s 501s and Solivair loafers and got compliments on the Solivair loafers while I was there. So. Nice. You too can get compliments on Solivair loafers. Maybe next spring. We, 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 they're out. <laughs> I, I recant my statement. You can get compliments on other Solivairs that we will be carrying. Um, yeah. We just got them out of customs purgatory, I think. I hope. They did that like literally right before getting Fuck on. The man. Glad it was a success, Albert. Thank you. Um I could I could say more, but we're in front of the paywall, so I won't say more. 
Oh, uh, please say mm. more. No, uh, I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> say no more. <laughs> well, I think that's as good of a place as any to cap things. Um, thank you for listening. If you want to support the show and hear more about Albert's cool TikTok party, you can subscribe <laughs> to Heddles Plus at uh, heddles.plus. Just go to that in your browser. And you get all sorts of things. Other than more episodes, you get discounts at stores all over the web, including Blue and Green and uh, a bunch of other places like Stag and Redcast Heritage and Hatchet Supply Co. A bunch of spots. And uh, yeah, you can also support the show by going to the Heddles shop. We will have those new Solovers in. Finally, it's going to happen. I'm willing it into existence. They're going to where they're going to arrive. Um. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, read what's our email? Blowout at heddles.com. Thank you very much and uh, appreciate you tuning in. We will catch you next week, folks. Bye bye. <laughs>